Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my amigo, my comrade in co-hostinage, Jackie Asbarius. Your friend in flannel today. Uh, you are my flannel friend today. <laughs> Look at you, man. Very, uh, very uh, festive. You, yes. You, you pulled out the lumberjack flannel today. I did. I yeah. did pull it out. The classic yeah. red and black. There's plaid. red and black. I think I have like three or four of them. There's classic red and black. Yeah. I have a black and white. I have a green and kind of other shades of blue. Yeah. And then I have some some reds. You can't. I don't think you can be a a man with a beard in the PNW without having a flannel. Yeah. At least one. That's very true. Because yes. I mean, we use flannels for everything out here. We use them for work. We will mm-hmm. wear them to church. Yes. We will wear them to the Starbucks. Yes. We will wear them pretty much anywhere. Yeah. They are a very versatile item of clothing, kind of like jeans. Pretty much. Kind yeah. of like jeans. Uh, yeah. I'm personally a big fan of flannel. I like flannel a lot. Well, Jack, before we go any further, we have a sponsor. Mm-hmm. It's a sponsor that has decided to come alongside the Reformatory for the next couple eps. This sponsor is actually another podcast, but it is yes. produced and put on by an individual that both of us know. Mm-hmm. The the right and honorable Mr. Zachary Bartles of the Gut Check Podcast. Yes. So Zachary Bartles is no uh, no stranger to the world of podcastication. That's a word I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> and he has put out uh, this podcast. It's High and Silver presents, which I maybe it's a new maybe it's their production. I'm not entirely sure. The Pilgrim's Progress. 
Mm-hmm. It's a serialized fiction podcast featuring cinematic music and effects. John Bunyan's timeless Christian allegory as told by Zachary Bartles. This is a pretty cool p- podcast. So so if you're if you're fans of podcasts like I am, and also fans of the classic story The Pilgrim's Progress, which if any of you have not read, you have to read. It's a great, fantastic story written by John Bunyan. Zach does a fantastic job here in kind of modernizing it, but also adding cool effects, sound effects, music, just just basic basic sound design, and then he narrates the Pokemon's progress um, in a really really awesome way. And I think he's got four eps out right now. I'm not entirely sure how many eps the full season is going to take, but you guys have to go listen to this podcast. It's really, really cool. It's on all the platforms. You're on Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, wh- wherever you are, you can find this podcast. It's High and Silver Presents The Pilgrim's Progress. They've got a really cool graphic, and it's the one by Zachary Bartles. So uh, he's sponsoring the next couple eps. Um, he's a friend of ours, a friend of mine, friend of the podcast. Uh, we're really excited to give him the shout out uh, for this podcast. You guys got to check it out. It's really cool. It's really awesome. Recommended fully. And uh, yeah, there's the sponsor segment, Jack. Yes, sir. We done did it. We it's did done. It. It's done been done. It has. It has. It has. Okay, <laughs> Jack, my hair's getting long, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't had a haircut in a long time. And normally, if anybody knows me, it's normally kind of the high and tight, like faded on the sides, you know, maybe a little out top, but right now, like it is, bro. Dude, I you can, you are looking like, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas in Home Improvement at, right in now. Home you Improvement. Are. Look at this. You look at this. You have I a, can cover my eyes, man. <laughs> oh my goodness. You have oh, a certain. You have a certain part to your hair that makes it like a '90s kids. Oh yeah. A '90s sitcom kids haircut. Yeah, almost. it's there. It, it's major, <laughs> major '90s hair vibes right now. Yeah, it is. which you know, honestly, my hair got past a certain length, and when I look in the mirror, all I see is a woman. Now, because I've been reading a lot of Owen, <laughs> of Owen Strong oh, tweets. Oh, no. baby, what had, is you doing? I had to. I had to bring it in. Oh my! Gosh. I had to bring it in. And look, okay, the podcast isn't on this, but can I just say? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, real talk. In all honesty, little O, right? Lil Lilo. Yes. L I L L I L O apostrophe Lilo. Um. The man, the man is a. I think the best way to describe him is a provocateur. Uh, he he likes to make blanket statements. Yes. About th- things that that like what like overarchingly what he is addressing is important to talk about, but he chooses to address it by talking about aspects of it that don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> right? pretty much. So he just put out this tweet, right? And it was this, oh my goodness. And then it was followed up with like a podcast. Like he, and then he, dude, he doubles down like hard. Tripled down. He like double and triple down, right? He puts out this tweet where like, man, you got to shave the, cut off the man bun and cut, cut, cut your hair, make it short because otherwise you're going to look like a woman. And Paul says that, you know, if a man has long hair, it's a disgrace and it's a, it denies the gospel and just all this stuff, like zero consideration whatsoever for, uh, the, the cultural aspects, uh, in which that scripture was written yeah. right to the Corinthian church. Anyway, long story short, 
the dude the dude loves to talk about like he because here's the thing the thing that he's addressing is like the need that that scripture gives for there to be a separation between man and woman that is a good thing mm-hmm. we confess that right that's not a problem and if it had just been that then it'd been like okay yeah no i get it but the way he goes uh, nah, the way son. he the way nah, he chooses son. the way he chooses to make his point is to say that all men with long hair and again gives no no barometer whatsoever like mm-hmm. at what point is hair considered long cuz let's right? be honest here because <laughs> samurais technically had man buns yeah that's right and those dudes right. killed people <laughs> but he made the assumption he made the assertion that like all men with long hair like it's just it's just yeah. effeminate and i'm like yeah. man i have seen some manly dudes with long hair and dude you wouldn't say that to their face i'm sorry you uh, wouldn't you wouldn't of, say that one of them being mr ted cluck yeah suited up in a flipping uh yeah. full on armored uh, football outfit. That's right. To go play. That's right. Yeah. I mean, come on. With with those golden locks. Yeah. Yeah. And then he but, chopped it all off and went Elliot Gould on us. But I mean, still. Well, he did, but but to be fair, he chopped it off before Owen put his tweet out. Let's just oh, yeah. be fair. It wasn't in yeah. response. But anyway, dude, like that that was like that was all over social media. That that was the beginning of of my week. That was my weekend. That was looking at all of these tweets about Lillo causing out here being a provocateur, causing trouble. Real question though, and this does get into a little bit more real talk. We'll get into our topic here in a second, but but like real talk, like why can't we why can't we just talk about the issues instead of talking about the consequences or the manifestation of the issues? Right? Like now I understand sometimes you need to talk about the consequences of certain beliefs or certain actions, right? Like I understand that, but when we focus all of our effort mm-hmm. and focus all of our attention on the symptoms, yeah, instead of the thing itself, which men having long hair, I don't, I, I I'm not even going to call that a symptom because it's completely a cultural thing. Yeah, do some men try to be effeminate with their long hair? Well, yeah, sure, that's. That's always been a thing. Do does that mean that all men who have long hair are trying to be effeminate? No. <laughs> and to and to say and to say otherwise is 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 really really strange. But Jack, like why can't we just talk about the issues itself instead of looking at the consequences or what we perceive to be an outflow of the issues and putting all our putting all of our effort into that because it doesn't make sense. The because at the end of the day, the thing that I know Owen was trying to get across, nobody was talking about that point, mm-hmm. right? Everyone was talking about the long hair. Yeah. Nobody is talking about the obvious gender blurring lines in our culture, right? Which is which is a real issue. But everyone was talking about hair because of Josh, how he presented it, right? Josh, don't you know that having long hair as a man is a gospel issue here? Hey, hey, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> uh <laughs> with Theo Bros, everything is a gospel issue. <laughs> yeah, there is no, there are no secondary issues. With I will, many I will people. say that this was put on very good display. I guess how to combat what you're talking about when we're getting to the root of it versus the 
the secondary and the tertiary effects of the root. Um, my One of my pastors this last Lord's Day preached on uh, giving and like uh, stewarding your treasure and something yeah. like within that realm, right? So he's basically talking about giving. And the whole entire sermon was completely not towards trying to guilt or shame people into giving more towards the church. It was more towards how is the root of you giving or not giving? How is that motivated? Like, where do we go for that motivation? Yeah. You know? Right. Right. And so he was hitting on that and it was really great because he's talking primarily about, are you a, a, a cheerful giver? And that was like the heart of it. Like God talks about um, people who, that he loves a cheerful giver. And so are like, how are you with generosity towards other with your finances? Um, and so that was like the primary thing. He's like, yeah, sure. Like we, we want to, to give to the church, the local church to make sure that it thrives and that other people within that church body are taken care of and that we're, you know, making sure that the gospel goes forward in different ways with that money. But he talked primarily about like, the Bible and biblical theology and how the Bible says that, you know, you, you're, you aren't winning anything by gripping your treasure harder mm, or holding yeah. on to it harder. You are joyful and God does something when you just give it away when you, yeah. when you don't have a grasp on it. And so, yeah, yeah, it's just very like that was needed to be heard by so many different people who have had the experience of uh like i had where <clears throat> drisky business would yell at you for an hour because you didn't give your your church campus didn't give as much as that church campus did yeah, and that's like right. that's right y'all stink because you don't give it's like come on man like that's not the point here the point is the root that you're not talking about you're talking about the effects you know. Right, right, yeah. yeah. We got to get to the heart issue, guys. That's yeah. that's the thing. We got to get to the heart issue of the things. If you want to deal with the problem, don't deal with the branches that are stemming out of the issue. Right? Don't don't deal with the exteriors. You got to deal with the thing itself. You got to mm-hmm. apply the gospel. You got to apply, apply the the authority of scripture to the thing itself, and stop focusing on the the tendrils, if you will, of the issue, right? Yes. So that's that's just that's just my two cents on the whole thing, and I think I think uh, humbly, I would I would hope that uh, <laughs> Lillo uh, practices that maybe a little bit more uh, in the future when engaging I'm not, on, I'm on social holding, media. I'm not holding my breath on that. One. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Oh my gosh! Twitter. Hey. I mean, Twitter just sucks, and just in general. All right, but here's the thing, Jack. We're gonna actually get into get into a topic here. Although we've talked halfway through this podcast about our <laughs> something that didn't matter, but what I wanted to talk about today, which I think is really, I, I and I, I, you know what? I do think it was a listener request. I would have to look back. But what we're gonna talk about today is the question of does music style matter in the local church? Mm. Right. So in this, we're going to talk about um, 
what our thoughts are on the place of music, the purpose of music, what it's for, uh, how it should be administered, um, and the styles, and whether, you know, hymns only or contemporary only. Um, we're going to talk about all that. So I want to throw it over to you first, Jack, and I'm going to pose the question to you overarchingly. Does music style matter in the local church? What do you think, Jack, my flannel-wearing friend? Um, I think it all depends on what time and age you have heard the gospel and are perceiving the Bible. And so I say this because last night at my community group, we were talking about... Um, I don't know how we got on this track, but we started talking about KJV onlyism. Oh boy, sixteen eleven KJV. Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> and we all admitted like, nope, that ain't the way. So for our listeners, obviously, KJV onlyism, sixteen eleven KJV onlyism is basically like you perceive the best translated version of the Bible as the King James as the King James version, and that that is the only authorized way. In which right. people can authorized read it. by God. Yes, let's be clear. And no other, no other translation is actually the Bible. Yeah. And so, what we were talking about, I talked. Uh, I don't think anybody in my community group understood this, but it's like, have you read the preface to the sixteen eleven to the KJV? It of says, course, I haven't. <laughs> Why would I? It do that? says, <laughs> like literally, it says, this is a translation for the people of its time. Mm, And so it basically like totally like spat in the face of every single KJV onlyist who ever lived because what the, the translators and interpreters of the KJV basically said is like, Hey, uh, our language will change. Our culture will change in how we perceive this. This is the best translation that we have within our culture and within our our nation right now that we can give to them. That'll change. Sure. That is sure. a complete... So what I just said is basically a very big summation and paraphrase of the preface of the King James version so of our Scripture. Culture, our culture loves rock shows and lots of lights mm-hmm. and music and loud music and smoke machines. Sure. So... I wouldn't say necessarily that that. So there's a big difference between taking elements of your culture and embedding them in the way that you worship and just absolutely going full tilt uh, consumeristic on on your worship band and just using stuff. Because, I mean, let's be honest here, too. Like, we're taking elements from the regulative principle and incorporating that into also how we worship God on the right. Lord's day. So yeah. am I going to use a smoke machine and lights? No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Um, a, this is not a rock show. <laughs> right. Like this is just not how we worship God. Um, you know, there's consumer elements that even a lot of people within Christianity will talk about like, Hey, I love this, but I think we need to get away from this digital side of things, which is interesting. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, to a certain effect, I would say our modern day, which a lot of, a lot of worship teams 
and a lot of worship bands have adjusted old hymns to put in the modern day context of the different symphonic ways in which music has changed over time. Yeah, Chris so, Tomlin does this a lot. You know, he really oh does. Man. He just he takes know. he takes a hymn, and you know what, Jack? He <sighs> he he really makes it better. Like if you think about it. You know, with those, with those, with those, with those, <laughs> with those added choruses. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 yeah. That was obviously a joke. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think style does matter in that you have to make sure that the style of your music is not one that is drastically self-serving and self-seeking, right? Yeah. Because because like you know, like Jack was saying. We are here to worship God, right? And if this is just turning into a major, just a major concert or a rock show, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it forgets the purpose of music, right? Which is which is important to remember, like what music is for. Yeah, in the context of the local church, it is to increase and to help help bolster the voices of the people. Yeah, right. That's what it's for. Right, the main element of music within the worship within the Lord's Day service are the voices of the people. Mm-hmm. If the main element is the instruments or or you know the the music, I think we have a balance problem. Yeah, right. Yeah, is what music is for is to help increase the the voices mm-hmm. and the 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 sounds of praise coming from God's people, right? So in that, we can ask ourselves, okay, if the main purpose of music uh, within the Lord's Day service is to worship God, and we do that primarily through the lifting up of our voices, which can or cannot be aided by musical instruments, there's nothing wrong with that, right? We see so much in scripture where music was used to help worship, Right, yeah. um, like I think that music is a great gift of God in that. So when we talk about style and we talk about things like that, we have other things to ask. Is say, okay, first and foremost, is what we're saying true? Mm-hmm. Right? Are the words that we're saying true? Yeah. Can we say and confess them as being orthodox? first and foremost, but then also, you know, theologically robust and true, mm-hmm. um, which is one reason, again, again, I don't think it's an overarching statement, but a lot of the more, what do you say, more like Christian worship songs that you'll, that you'll hear on like Spirit 105.3 or yeah. K-Love, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, they're pretty lame. I'm just, yes. I'm just going to say it. They're yep. pretty lame. If, if, if the words that you are singing on a Sunday morning could be applied to your boyfriend or girlfriend just as easy as God, I think there's a problem. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and that's a lot of what we get these days in terms of quote-unquote worship music, right? It's why Jack and I aren't fans of Bethel yep. or Jesus Culture yep. or Hillsong. It's because mm-hmm. these are the people that are pumping out, honestly, honestly, just crap and junk and it and it and it ends up hurting the church more than it does benefiting it so we have to ask ourselves is it is it true right um we've already done an ep on considering the source because hillsong will throw stuff out there where you'll read it and you'll be like yeah okay it's true right yeah but but we did an ep i don't know how long was it it was a few, a few months i think ago. it was yeah i think it was a few months ago on the importance of considering the source of of um uh, 
you know, hymns and things like that. So, Jack, let me throw this over to you, man, because this is a major debate, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of great songs out there, both hymns and contemporary music that are true, theologically robust, sound, and do a fantastic job of leading the people in their voices, you know, for the purpose of of pointing the glory to God, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Contemporary versus hymns, the great WWE match of the 1990s. <laughs> Where do you fall on in the local church? Should we be hymns only? Should we be be contemporary music only? Or is there some sort of middle ground? What do you think? Um, I would probably say, you know, there could be some middle ground. I would I would fall under the middle ground arena. Yeah, that's um, usually where we fall here on the reformatory. I feel like it's pretty boring yeah. for most people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, let's be honest, like the I think that there is a good balance that you could have with uh with putting in elements of our modern day music and not kind of amplifying them too much. Yeah, sure. Having that balance between that and then also trying to put into a a hymnistic kind of focus. Because I think that, uh, I think over church history, you really see that hymns, especially like mostly a cappella, are going to be your kind of go to throughout the centuries. Sure. sure. Um, there's a really, if, if somebody wants to look it up, there's a really cool album that's actually like, uh, it's like chanting almost. It's like Gregorian, uh, what are you listening to? Some Harry Potter weird no, essential oils? It's, it's voodoo. It's uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it basically what they did: a music technician uh, somehow engineered the dynamics of the Hagia Sophia in oh, Istanbul, okay. and he put these singers, these like chanters, in this like I don't know algorithm that the computer made. And it basically came out and spit out a product. That's what it would have sounded like if they were singing that hymn in the Hagia Sophia in then Constantinople. So that's pretty cool. Um, That's technology uh, for the glory of God people. (laughs) Jack Jack gets one church history nerd out moment. Per episode, per episode? No, a month. Oh, per app. Oh, you want one per app. Okay, well, we we can talk about that, but that's your one church nerd out moment. Yeah. You're done. You cut off. (laughs) Cut off. (laughs) Anyway, so I would say like, I mean, look, you look at scripture too, and this goes back to the New Testament where you mostly have hymns as your primary way of worship, especially at the Lord's table. Um you know, during certain feasts and stuff like that and where the disciples are gathered around and partaking of the Lord's Supper, uh, especially in kind of more of the epistles or even like yeah. Philippians, they talk about somebody brings a song, somebody brings this. And so you really have these elements of music in the early church in that way, not where we have today where it feels more production type. Because that's sure. what yeah. we've been influenced right. by, right? Um, I wonder what are the saints of old would think of that, to be quite honest. They'd probably be at a loss of words like, 
why do you have these singers up there, like, <laughs> like singing like, in this way? Like on stage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, stages I mean, I, I, and stuff like that. But. 100%, man. I think if we're going to look into church history, right? And even even the kind of one of the main verses that we use to prove kind of what Jack and I are talking about, Ephesians 5.19, speak mm-hmm. to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? Yeah. And I think if we're going to look into church history as well, and just, just the context that we see in the scripture of how the early church interacted with one another. Yeah. The purpose of singing in church is a very intimate thing. Yeah. And it's a very spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a very theological thing, right? And it's a very worshipful thing. And I think that as our culture has kind of moved away from that, especially here in in uh, the USA, I think that we have kind of gravitated more like what you're talking about, Jack, in like this this more performative ways of engaging in music, right? Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of that. Again, I'm not gonna you know if you know if there's a guy up there lead music or you know that you have the music team up there. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's fine. Yeah. Right? I'm not I'm not here to say like there must be nobody up front and and mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. but but I think I think there's ways that you can do that as a church that are less performative mm-hmm. and more we are here to help facilitate the worship of God's people versus yeah. we're going to crank this as loud as we can so ever, the only thing people hear are us. Yeah. Right. That's, and I think yeah. that's when you run into the problem. Yes. Right. Um, so I'm I'm with Jack fully on that. I'm with Jack fully on I like I land right in the middle. There's a lot of fantastic hymns out there. There's a lot of fantastic contemporary songs that are being written for the church out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really, really bad contemporary churches. And yeah. guess what? There's a lot of really, really bad hymns. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there are some hymns that are hot garbage. As much as I as much as I love I love kind of the story of her, like if you read some of Fanny Crosby's hymns, oh my goodness. <laughs> They're not great. Yeah. Right. Um, and she wrote you know, how how like hundreds and hundreds or something like that. Like a tons of hymns, right? Mm-hmm. Um so there's pros and cons to both, but I think the church, the churches that I have seen that I think have the best grasp on what worship is, right? And what specifically the musical aspect of worship is. I see them utilizing both, mm-hmm. right? And you can, you can, you don't have to, I mean, here's the thing. Hymns aren't inerrant, Right, yeah. you can you can change the 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 sound of the hymns up or something like that, and you know to to give it a more a more singable feel because there's a lot of hymns out there with fantastic lyrics and a horrible tune. Yeah, right. Yes. Uh, and you're just like this is unsingable. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I think the wise the wise uh, uh, leadership in church, not only do they consider when choosing music for their congregation to sing not only do they consider the truth of it mm-hmm. right which is first and foremost we, we have to make sure it's true mm-hmm. we should also be considering the singability of it ah uh, yes right because yes. again what the purpose of music and singing is in church is for the 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 church to come together with one voice to worship God, and if you have a song that's just is just very very difficult to sing, that's going to be very very hard for your congregation to do, right? So yeah. I think having songs that are 
that are first and foremost true, right? But also singable is a very, um, I think it's a very overlooked aspect of of music, especially in the Reformed Church, because we we've got the truth part down, mm-hmm. right? We don't sing anything that's not true, but a lot of us really try to ram some of these songs through, and they, they they're really hard to sing. And you have like the two or three people that are your hymn nerds, right? That that know every hymn in the in the, uh, um, in the book. Um, but then the rest of the congregation is just just lost, right? So I think I think we have to hold a balance of both. Yeah, and I think that that having an open hand with there's some great hymns, there's some great contemporary stuff being written. We're going to utilize both in our church because we see the value in both, right? Because yeah. here's the thing, and, and then I'll throw it over to you, Jack. We have to remember at one time. Those hymns that we're singing mm-hmm. were contemporary music. Yes, very much so. Right? And the contemporary music that we are singing now, if if the Lord should tarry, mm-hmm. one day shall be hymns. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's just how history works. Yeah, that's like in the Reformation, you know. You had, you know, Martin Luther who took kind of uh, tavern yes, style yeah. music. That's and right. he addended it to make it into kind of this pacing of hymns. Um, and song and so it's kind of like that's probably scandalous back then you know I I don't know what my mind will wander to that makes our modern stuff scandalous now but I think that's just the culture in which he's taking and like the the way in which it's somewhat familiar but he's putting truth to it so sure i'm right. not i'm not opposed to taking guitar or drums or, or modern instruments and kind of giving a, a kind of familiarity to it and an easeability yeah. uh but i think the the danger is is trying to make it more consumeristic we're trying to make mm-hmm. it about us versus about who God is and how we're trying to uh, project to each other the truth and the gospel to each other through song. And so, I'd Jack, be more. It's almost, it's almost like it's almost like you have to get to the heart of the issue <laughs> and not not the branches of the issue. Huh? Yeah, it's almost like the style itself isn't so much the problem, but the heart and the motive behind the style. Wait, what? Hold on, Jack. You can't I'll, be serious. Uh, yeah, but I will say this. Um, I have been pretty burned out on the whole like band hard rock thing. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And I would rather prefer uh, our worship pastor up there with a the guitar, and he's leading us in that way versus, mm-hmm. you know, completely rocked out, and I can't hear anybody singing. And so, yeah, uh, yep. that's just uh, my preference, to be quite honest, because once you... I think you're right. Once you drown out voices, um, it becomes that consumeristic element versus mm-hmm. an actual communal element that the Lord's Day is about. It's about a communal way in which you're all reminding each other of the gospel versus this, I come here to get something versus, no, we're coming together yeah. to encourage each other in this way. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean here's the thing. Like, I, I love... I love being encouraged by watching someone play an instrument that's that's really good mm-hmm. in it, right? Like like seeing how the Lord has given this person this talent and then they they just they're just playing it flawlessly, right? But that's not why I go to church. Yeah. 
that's why I will go to, you know, a music venue is to see the Lord's talent that he gives people put on display. Yeah. That's not why I am at church. And that's not what the Lord's Day service should be. Yeah. I am there to commune with my brothers and sisters and glorify God in the singing of the word, the praying of the word, the preaching of the word, and the taking of sacraments. Mm-hmm. Right? That is why we are there. So we always have to come back to the anchor of what is the purpose of the Lord's Day service. Right? And I think if we do diligence to come back to that question each time, it will help us to not stray too far to the left or too far to the right when trying to make decisions such as, well, what kind of music should we have in our in our Sunday morning service? Yeah. Right? Um, because at the end of the day, you don't need, and again, this is where Jack and I's preferences, again, they are preferences, mm-hmm. they're not law, but this is where our preferences show a little bit, is is I, I have found, and I've been in a wide spectrum of churches where, it has been literally a cappella for most Sundays versus there's a full band and it's loud, right? Yeah. I've run the gambit and I have found that I am able to understand and to be reminded more easily of why I am there on a Lord's Day service when it's not loud, mm-hmm. right? When it, when when I can hear the voices of my brothers and sisters around me singing. Yeah. You know, sometimes, dude, man... If we're singing an old hymn, and again, preferences, but I love the old hymns. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Um, um, if we're singing It Is Well With My Soul, which is probably my favorite hymn of all time, and we hit that verse, we hit uh, we hit that chorus, and they're singing out, man, I'll just stop and I'll just listen. Mm-hmm. Because for me in that moment is a small slice, a small foretaste of what heaven's going to be like. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... I find that so valuable Mm -hmm. and I find that so encouraging and I wouldn't have that if all I could hear were the guitars and the drums and the keyboards being played very well, but, but very loud. Yeah. Right. So again, preference thing, but like Jack and I said, it comes back to the heart of the motive. Why are we here? Right. And that's going to help dictate where you fall on on the style of music and how many instruments to have. And, and, you know, it's important to consider the size of your church too. having a massive band up there with a church of 50 people, probably not the best call, right? Uh, you have to understand even just the practical things like the size of the room and, uh, you know, how many voices are going to be singing, things like that. So use wisdom in that, but always come back to the question, why are we here? What is the purpose of this music, right? Mm-hmm. That's an important thing to do. So, Jack, um, I wanted to leave our folks with perhaps a few recommendations, if we can, Yes. of uh, some contemporary music that you and I both like that, that we have found to be beneficial to the church. I think most of our listeners will agree hymns are great. Don't need to really recommend hymns. <laughs> Those mm-hmm. have been recommended uh, at nauseum through the years. What are some contemporary artists or bands that, that we have uh, appreciated over the years that are writing some great music for churches? I would say I, I can think of two people that come to mind very quickly. One of them's Matt Boswell. Oh, um, yeah. He yep. still has a very more modern hymn type of um, vibe. And then also uh, Andrew Peterson as yep. well, too. Yep. So Solid. I would say those two uh, 
gents uh, would be a little bit more of my style of kind of church music and and how they not only the style but the the pacing of things and singability of it uh, I would say the the more rock version if you prefer that I prefer is uh, citizens the band citizens mm. yeah so there's a little bit more uh, kind of joyous chorus uh, to some of their songs but those are kind of my three recommendations right there oh those are solid man yeah, yeah. I've heard some Andrew Peterson stuff, and that's it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my recommendations: if you want something that is more, perhaps more on the, uh, I don't know if it's contemporary or traditional. I, th- I I think it sounds more contemporary, but the lyrics are definitely old fashioned. There's a band from Australia called City Alight. Mm-hmm. And they put out some fantastic music for the church, mm-hmm. um, and it and it hits all of the all of the criteria that i think we're talking about it's true and it's very singable you're you're able to you're able to to catch on to their tunes very quickly right so city of light is great uh, sovereign grace music obviously has got some good stuff keith and Kristen getty have some great stuff um there's another band if you want to go a little bit more rock like jack was talking about a little bit more contemporary it doesn't have to be rock right but but a little bit more on the contemporary side uh Ghost Ship, yes, puts puts out a puts put out an album, uh, The Good King, yeah, and that album specifically has some fantastic gospel centered, theologically rich music mm-hmm. that um, that I have heard sung in churches, and it's and and, and 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 I've heard it done very well, yeah. Um, so those are just some recommendations that we've got for you guys, and uh, again, if you want any more, go ahead and reach out to either Jack or. Jack or I, and we'll, we're happy to give you guys more of those. But um, those combined with with, with some good hymns, um, because I really love hymns. Um, I think if you find a good balance between those two, uh, man, I don't I don't think you can go wrong, dude. I yeah, think, I think it's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jack looks like he's about to collapse. You yeah. look tired, my man. <laughs> Did the migraine come back? <laughs> uh, no, it didn't come back. I had a migraine earlier today, and it, oh. it's definitely it drains me. Yeah, that's why I'm yeah. kind of like propped up in my chair. The yeah, that's mic's right. Like you look like an, right look up, like an right old up man. towards my face. It's like uh, <laughs> at least I can talk this way. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So. Well, Jack, get us out of here, man. <laughs> well, folks, if you appreciate the uh, the conversations about how we get to the heart of the matter in these episodes. Uh, you can give us a follow and follow us on the sociables, if you will. Uh, your choices, options mm-hmm. in the yes. sociables are the Twitter, mm-hmm. the tweaker, if you will, mm-hmm. the little boo bird site. Don't uh, sign on there if you got long hair. Yeah. I'm just uh, saying it's not a welcome place for you right now. The Instagram. Maybe, maybe the, give it a week. <laughs> yeah. The Instagram. The Instagram goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. Uh, you also have the Facebook, the Metaverse, the oh, Zuck yes. sites. It'll probably go down the next 24 hours, probably. Um, so, you can follow us at all of those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people about possibly chucking us a little kashiche here and there. You know, if you feel like chucking us a little kashiche here and there, there's a couple ways that you can do it. If you like, if you if you appreciate Jack and I's attempt to make the centrality of the local church important to the life of the believer, there's a lot of ways you can support us. One is prayer. We really do appreciate that. 
to his Patreon. We have a Patreon, and for less than, well, it's not less than, $5 a month. Around an average drink at Starbucks, people. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's hard to get a drink at Starbucks that's less than $5. Inflation. Inflation. It's all, in, it's all inflation. It's all inflation. Thanks, Obama. Wait, you know, is, can we still say that? <laughs> nope, we can't say no, that anymore. We can't say that anymore. Yeah, anyway. Um, if you decide to become a patron, our vow to you is that your name shall be hallowed. 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 Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. In other ways, you can head on over to reformatorypod.com. That's right. We have a website. You heard this brand spanking new intro? That's amazing. It sounds awesome. Well, with that came a brand spanking new website, mm. which is equally as awesome. You can head over to reformatorypod.com and uh, look at our local church merch. We've got sweatshirts, we've got t-shirts, we've got mugs, we've got stickers. We got we got we got tons of stuff, man. All local church centered, um, all local church promotion and uh, we love it. And they look great, fantastic designs with more on the way. Last and certainly not least, if you listen on iTunes or Spotify, you can give us a like and review. A little five starage. Mm-hmm. A little five stars for five solos. Yes, sir. And we would appreciate it greatly. Reach out to us on all the socials. We love talking to you guys. We love hanging with you. We love hearing your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your rebukes, your exhortations, all of them. We enjoy talking with you guys. We thank you all so much for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. <laughs>